0: off I want to tell you that in our healthy human series which is so good if you have missed any of this series I really encourage you go back onto YouTube go back and learn it because this information is gold, and next week we have a very great treat for you. We have Kimberly Malloy coming in. Kimberly Malloy, you guys are probably gonna have to, there we go, Kimberly Malloy coming in next Sunday. I wanna tell you who she is. She is a marriage family therapist here in the city of Las Vegas. This woman loves Jesus with every ounce of her being. Whether she is working with prisoners in the program Hope for Prisoners, she literally goes into the jail systems To to minister to people in prisons. Not only that, she helps rehabilitate and get people emotionally and spiritually strong and ready, come on, for a hope and a future with Jesus with life after sentencing. And so God has wonderful things that he is doing through her, and we have such a treat to have her speak with us today. Now, you might be wondering, Lindsay, why are we having a marriage family therapist come and speak at a church? Is she a pastor? Is she a preacher? She's a preacher. She's a minister, but why are we having her, her share this? It's because if we want to be healthy, healthy means whole, amen? And she's going to be talking on the topic that I have Jesus in my heart, but I got grandpa in my bones. Meaning, what does it mean that if I love the Lord with all my heart, but I come from a difficult past? or maybe the way that I was raised or even generations, how my parents were raised and that impacts me now. How I am now with hardships, I'm impacting my children. And so I believe Kimberly is gonna set us up, come on for success. Do you realize that we get a free 45 minute counseling session? Come on now, that's so good, it's so good. So this is gonna be a great opportunity to call your friends to text your family members, let them know that come hang out with us next Sunday. All right, here's what we got going on today. Today is healthy humans grieve. Healthy, doesn't that just sound exciting? Are you so happy that you came to church today? Healthy humans grieve. Why are we talking about this? Next one, because healthy equals whole. And I don't want us walking around in in compartments or walking around in pieces and areas of our lives that just don't function. I want to be whole. Whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Now hear me, whole doesn't mean perfect. Not in our context. We can't be perfect until Jesus, until we're either in heaven or come on, he comes back and I, then we will be perfect. But right now in this lifetime, we can have the goal of being whole. We can have the goal of conquering these areas with the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we cannot do this without talking about grief. All of us have experienced heartache, right? Anyone ever not had your heart broken? Give it some time, right? Everyone experiences heartache, everyone experiences sadness. All these things take place. Are we like strobing up here? Like, am I supposed to be dancing? Because I left that life behind 20 years ago. Hello. <laughs> so let's talk about what grief means. Because hear me. My goal today is that you get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Church is not just a place to come and feel all the wonderful, joyous feelings. It's not all giggles and butterflies and roses. And oh my goodness, life is just wonderful all the time. Because that's a lie, isn't it? Life is not wonderful all the time. Some of us barely make it into this room. Some of us haven't made it into this room because life is so hard. And so what does grief mean? Grief is the normal, will you say normal? Normal normal response to a significant loss. Now hear me, all of us are trying to define what significant means. It means whatever loss was significant to you. As a child, did you ever have a divorce in the family? That is a significant loss to you. As a a young person, did you have to move away from your home because your family changed jobs and you were uprooted out of everything that you knew and thrown into a community where you knew no one? That's a significant loss. I'm a dog mom. When the time comes for my sweet puppy (laughs) to go to Rainbow Bridge, (laughs) I will grieve that loss. That'll be a significant loss for me. I love my dog. We've lost children, parents, finances. We've lost dreams and aspirations. We've lost friendships and relationships. We have all suffered loss. I I promise you guys, they're not doing that to mess with me. The lights are malfunctioning. That's why we're praying for that permanent building, amen? And so it may include feelings. So as we're responding normally, it's normal to include feelings of great sadness, of anger, of guilt, and despair. Physical problems such as not being able to sleep and changes in appetite may also appear in grief. So if you have not been able to eat or if you find yourself, all I wanna do is eat, or if you find yourself sleeping or I can't sleep, all of these emotions, grief not just impacts your heart, it impacts your mind. It impacts your physical body. If we wanna just shut those off, that's cool too. I'm cool with that, you wanna just go, let's go old school and just unplug it, amen? I'll get a flashlight and we're going to go back to (laughs) those kind of days. So let's keep going. Everyone experiences loss. I want you to accept that as truth today. Everyone experiences loss. And hear me, if you have not experienced loss yet, you will experience loss. You do not get out of a loss-free card. This is not Monopoly. It's not that God's favor and love is on you so greatly that you will never experience loss ever in your life. No, you will experience loss and loss must be grieved. And here's where we get it wrong because we don't do the grieving part. We don't do the grieving part. And here, there's many reasons why we don't grieve. Sometimes it was never taught to us how to grieve. We never modeled it. Anyone have a parent that you never saw any emotions, good or bad? You never saw maybe your parents fight or argue. You never saw you never saw conflict, but you never saw resolution. Maybe you never saw heartache. You never talked about the loss. Maybe there was a loss of a family member and, and grandma's gone and no one ever talked about grandma. Or maybe it was the loss of a child and it was your sibling. And all of a sudden, it's like that sibling vanished out of thin air and no one ever talked about him or her or pregnancy? Maybe it was unseen to the world, but it wasn't unseen to you. Did we ever not grieve it? See, loss must be grieved. So how do I know if I have a misunderstanding of loss? Let's look at this. There are unhealthy beliefs about grief. And hear me, it is very, very possible, high possibility, that you believe one of these. Because I'm telling you, I believe some of these. Before I went through grief recovery, I believed a lot of these. Don't feel bad. Replace the loss. Your dog dies, get a new one next day, right? Replace the loss. You get divorced, get married again, right? Like we, we, we replace things instead of healing, right? In other words, if one marriage had failed, heal from that. So then the next one doesn't become a replacement, but in addition to your life. It becomes a blessing instead of a replacement, amen? Grieve alone. You know, that's just between you and Jesus. That's just, that's just you and Holy Spirit, grieve alone. Have you ever been told to go to your room when you're showing emotions as a child? Have you ever been told by your spouse or has your spouse walked away when you were showing emotions? Grieve alone. Just give it time. Do you know what the biggest lie in all the world is? Time heals everything. Beep. No, it does not. Time does not heal anything, everything, because you can sit there the exact same way, doing the exact same thing for 45 plus years and never heal. Time does not heal everything unless you are working with that time to be healed. Be strong for others. This one's hard, especially if you're a leader in the family. Or maybe you're the planner. And when that family member died, it was all on you to make sure everything was closed. Everyone else was experiencing the grief while you were collecting the pictures for the slideshow. See what I'm saying? It's hard. Be strong for others. Keep busy. And that's not just a woman thing. That's a man thing too. Keep busy so you don't have to deal with it. Has anyone ever believed any of these things? Yeah? Anyone ever done them? I'm like, how many things can I put up, right? I've done, the, I've done all of them. And so why is talking about grief difficult? It's difficult because we're in a world that wants us to get over it. The world wants us to get over it. But friends, loss is something that we don't get over. It's something that we go through. I'm gonna say that again. Loss is not something we get over. It's something that we go through. So why the struggle with grief? Why the struggle with grief. It's really two things, friends. It's because we resist losing control. And remember when Pastor Jeremy talked about there are things of the Spirit, right? We're in this war. I've got the flesh, and I've got the Spirit, right? Our flesh does not want to lose control. It wants to trust in itself. It wants to feel like everything is within grasp and reach, and I've got it all together. Even if I'm juggling all of it, I still got it all together. My hands are on everything. We resist losing control. There's very few people who are like, make decisions for me. <laughs> I'm just on the ride. Jesus, take the wheel, naturally. We're not, we're not naturally like that. What do we do? We escape. We escape. We numb. We avoid. And we distract instead of grieving. Why? Because because it's hard. Because it's hard. What's the second reason that we do? We view losses as interruptions. All right, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm on my way in my career. I'm on my way in building my family. I'm on my way setting up for retirement. I'm, uh, I'm moving and grooving through school. I'm, I'm going. And this loss is just an interruption to my life. And I don't, I don't have to deal with this. But here's the problem, guys. When we decide that losses... Our interruptions, then what we end up doing is we end up taking each loss, and they're heavy, they're significant, and we keep piling them into our soul. With every loss, whether it's the move, a job, potentially, I lost a career line that I wanted to do. If it's a relationship, a marriage, something very significant to you, that goes in there, What about the loss of a child? Do you know that one out of four women have all lost a baby in the womb? That's a pretty significant number. What about, what about the loss of something you thought God told you was going to happen? And it didn't happen. So now we're dealing with grieving and disappointment. And it just keeps going on because it's different. We don't just lose one family member. We lose two or three in a lifetime. We don't just get lost in a career once. We do it twice or three times and so on and so forth. Do you see how this can feel? God never created you for your soul to be weighed down by loss. In fact, the truth of the matter is this, that loss and grief can actually make our lives more, not less. And we think that grief is going to make us less of a person. Why? Because something is being taken away from me. We really do think that we're losing chunks of our lives, chunks of our souls, chunks of our, our callings and our dreams and our livelihood when we lose something. But how do you all know? We all know that God's math is not our math. The way that the Lord does things is not the way that we do things. And so when he says that loss and grief can actually make our lives more, not less. How does that work? Well, I want us to get a practical example in God's word of what it looks like to live and move through grief. See, David, David is the one that's described as, you know, the one after God's own heart. That we know that this was the young boy who was called at an early age to be the second king of Israel. We know that he was the young man that not only killed the lion, but he also killed and defeated Goliath. He was a powerhouse, but he was not, he was not a stranger to grief and loss. In fact, this is going to be one of his closest relationships early on in his life that he loses. And it says this. In 2 Samuel chapter 1, on the third day a man arrived from Saul's army camp. He had torn his clothes and put dirt on his head to show that he was in mourning. The children of Israel, that's exciting. The children of Israel were told and were shown how to grieve. And in their grieving, what was shown to them was that they would tear their clothes. They would put ash and dirt. They probably didn't have ash because they were in war. So he found some dirt on the ground and covered it, saying that, I am not okay. This is not okay. And so from there, he comes to Saul. I'm sorry, he comes to David. And he brings the news to him that Saul and Jonathan were killed. Saul and Jonathan were killed. What's so significant about this is that Jonathan was his best friend. So not only has this nation just lost its king, Saul, but Saul's son, Jonathan, also died on the sword. And so David is hearing this. And do you know what David's response is? How do you know that it's true? How do you know this happened? Isn't that sometimes how we respond? It can't be. It's not true. I remember being in the front row of church one day. This is back in 2010. And Jeremy was preaching his fourth Sunday message that Sunday. And he's preaching upstairs, or on the platform. And I'm sitting there, you know, cheering him on and getting excited. And all of a sudden, somebody comes from the back row and tells me that my, my pastor and my mentor is dead. And so I'm looking at Jeremy. I'm looking at the person who just came in from the back and told me. And I went in my office. I'm like, it can't be true. He can't be dead. He was on his way to church. Like, how is this even possible? But friends, loss is possible whether we know or when it's going to happen or not. And so it's a natural reaction to wonder, is it true? Can I have my phone? I've got the scriptures on that. It's right there. It's a purple one. And so David asks him, is it true? How do you know? From this story, we're going to see three healthy ways of grieving because we have to look We have to look at David and say, David, how did this go about? Somebody, right? Not just Jesus. Jesus can't be the I mean, he is the main person to show us how to do things. But I don't know about you, but I want to see people like me living it out. It's one thing for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to get it done. It's another thing for someone who's flesh and blood like me to be able to do it. And so let's go on to the next one. Praise the Lord. And I'm teasing my phone. Okay, three phases of healthy giving or grieving. Three three now let's go to the next one. There we go. Pay attention to pain. It feels like someone took my breath away. Now think about that. Pay attention to pain. I put it feels like someone took my breath away because that's how I feel when I am losing something. When I've lost something, it feels like someone sucked the life out of me, right? It feels like I can't breathe. For others, it may be tightening in your shoulders or maybe it's tightening in tension in your neck. Others, it may feel like you're gonna throw up. Maybe you're going to pass out or maybe your legs go out from underneath you. I don't know what it is, but grief has a way to stop you in your tracks and hear me. You need to stop. And we need to pay attention to the pain. Because do you know that your body often responds to something before it ever hits your mind? Your body is quicker to respond to what is happening than your mind is. Why do you think when you're about to get into a car accident, you start to tense up before you even realize what's happening? because your body's understanding what's happening. Same thing, pay attention to your body. It tells you things. So let's go to the scripture. David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. They mourned and they wept. These are mighty men of valor. These are people who have made their livelihood, they've made their reputations based on conquering things, not on losing things. These are winners, right? but they mourned and they wept and they fasted all day for Saul and his son, Jonathan, and for the Lord's army and the nation of Israel, because they had died by the sword that day. They fasted. They tore their clothes. They wept. They got messy. They were able to pay attention to their pain. And why, again, do they know how to do this? Because they learned to lament. Do you know that two thirds of the books of Psalm, the book of Psalm, all the Psalms, two thirds of them are about loss. Do you know what the Bible talks more about comforting people in pain than rescuing people from their pain? God is about the grieving process. We have to learn to lament. What does lament mean? It means to feel, to show, to express grief. Sorrow, regret, to mourn deeply. We have to get comfortable with this. We have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. To respond in ways not that we want to escape, to numb, to run away, but that I have to lean in and pause my life and realize, oh my goodness, what have I just lost? What am I feeling right now? What pain am I experiencing? We learn to lament, we also learn to feel. We learn to feel. Friends, do you ever ask yourself, why am I angry? Why am I sad? Why am I blue? Do we ever take a moment to pause and say, why am I feeling the way that I am feeling? Do you know David did it? David did it. Not only did he mourn with his men, not only did he tear his clothes and cry, David wrote a song and he didn't write it for his private life. He wrote it for the entire nation. Again, we don't have to grieve alone. And if, if we're not teaching people how to grieve, then how will they know how to grieve? If I don't teach my son Levi how to grieve, he is going to grow up and unless someone interrupts his life and shows him the right way, he is going to teach his children not to grieve. But if I pause, instead of trying to rescue him from every single hardship and loss that he will encounter, and he already has encountered loss at the little age of 10, if I stop trying to rescue and actually lean in and help him, oh my goodness, he's gonna be better for it. And he's gonna be able to influence nations in the name of Jesus, friend groups in the name of Jesus. David wrote, Jonathan, I miss you most. (laughs) He's like, bye-bye, Saul. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Him and Saul, if you read the story of them, Saul and and David had some, some beef. But I loved you like a brother. You were truly loyal to me, more faithful than a wife to her husband. There was such a deep, intimate friendship. There was a loyalty and accounting on one another. He knew that this man had his back and he wanted to be there for him. It was a beautiful friendship, a brotherly love, and that was lost. He had no one else that fit those shoes. David came from a big line of brothers. And you remember when, when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the king? None of those brothers went out to go get David. None of the brothers believed that David could possibly have something incredible going on in his life. That he could be called to more. So this friend was closer than a brother. And that friend is now dead. And so he, he leads the nation. And we're going to lament. We're going to feel our feelings. What's next? So not only are we going to learn to you know, embrace that pain, right? We need to wait in the in-between. It means that after you have a good cry, you may not be fully over it. In fact, you won't be fully over it. After you have a good release, there's still going to be going on time between when I had the loss and when I am healed of that loss. And we have to embrace the in-between. We have to brace the in-between. What makes waiting so difficult is that we are not sure where God is, what he is doing, or when this waiting will end, if it will ever end. And that is hard. But I want us to think for just a moment, who were all the people who had to wait in the Bible? Joseph had a beautiful dream as a young person, that he would lead nations, that he would have an incredible authority. That didn't happen for almost 20 years later, 20 years. And he had losses along the way, but he waited. Can you imagine if he just said, I'm done waiting? Can you imagine if he walked out and said, I'm I'm over this? It's difficult. What about Noah? Noah was told, get on a boat, you and your family, and two of every kind of animal. In fact, it says that the Lord shut the door. It was the Lord that closed the door to the the ark. And so Noah and them are on this boat and they don't know how long they're gonna be on a boat. Some of us like to sit down and say, okay, now give me the itinerary, Lord, right? (laughs) Give me the itinerary and the schedule, like this is a cruise ship or something. No, (laughs) give me the itinerary so I can know exactly what is coming up in my future, Lord, and I can plan accordingly. That's not life and that is most certainly not loss. Do you know That Noah was tempted to get out of that boat. How do I know that? Because he sent birds to go see if there was land yet. He sent birds. Go check. Bring something back. Can you imagine getting stir-crazy friends? It is normal to get stir-crazy in the in-between. It's normal to get uncomfortable in the in-between, but we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. We've got to become friends with discomfort because it's in the discomfort that God does the greatest works. What if the apostles and the disciples, what if the disciples said, Jesus, I know you told us to wait in Jerusalem, right? This whole upper room thing, but gosh, it's been long and I'm so over it. These guys are smelling, they're praying. I'm running out of words, like get me out of this room. What if they would have abandoned what God had asked them to do? And whoop, no Holy Spirit. You ever think about that or no Holy Spirit for them? Maybe everyone else stayed, but they, I think, man, and this rocked me. How many amazing God moments have I missed because I jumped ship early? Because I got a little, I got out of line. We all know that. We go to the grocery store, we get in line, and we keep thinking what line's going to move faster. And when it's not moving at all, you're like, forget it. The shirt's not worth it. The bananas aren't worth it. And we leave. We do it with life. We are an impatient people. And so if you are struggling in the middle and hear me, I'm only able to tell you this because I've struggled in the middle. I have been stuck in the middle between, I am not hopeless because I have Jesus, but I am not hopeful for anything else in my life. I've been there. I've been stuck. I met a girl in January. We were at a crave table together. I was leading a crave table in the middle of grief. It's awesome. <laughs> no, I don't say that as a perk. I said, as Lindsay, you probably shouldn't have been leading a crave table. And I was leading a crave table, and there was this new Christian. She's brand new to the faith. Her name's Tori. And she was glowing, like so happy glowing. And she sat at the griever's table. And I remember she only made it one, one table with me. The next, the next time we had crave, she was at somebody else's table. And hear me, I don't blame her because I was blue, and she didn't know me. If you would have met me for the very first time in January, I would look like I am bipolar up here. I would not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not the same person as I was in January because January, my soul was just weighed down with grief. But I remember in April when Tori found me again and I've been working through the middle, Tori came up to me and she says, I see a difference. I was like, well, thank God, you should have known me a year ago. It was really awesome. But I wasn't the same in January. But I didn't abandon the middle, and God was working things out. So hear me, I want to give you a resource, because hear me, sometimes prayer is not enough. Sometimes just praying is not enough. God has equipped and used people with giftings and callings and resources, and He has inspired both men and women, even children, to create tools to help us get through these hardships. And so one of the greatest tools that I had alongside my relation I didn't ditch prayer and pick this up. This was part of my prayer and this, okay? It was the grief recovery handbook. In fact, I've given about five out already at this church. So if you are struggling and you're caught in the middle and you're feeling heaviness on your soul, this is a wonderful resource for you. Grief recovery handbook. See, spiritual growth happens in the waiting Spiritual doesn't, growth doesn't happen when I get to the, the mountaintop, right? All the work was done getting up that mountain, right? The growth happens when you're running the race, not at the finish line. It happens when you're in it. So I want, Jeremy and I want, to equip our church so that we do not abandon and jump ship in the middle. But we get comfortable with discomfort. Are you all tracking with me? We good? Yes. I know there's a lot of distractions, guys. But I'm grateful for you hanging in there. Here's the last part allow the old to birth the new. Allow the old to birth the new. Now hear me, this is not replacement. This is not that God removes something in, and he just, in order to give you something else. It's not, it's not replacement. Loss is loss. When Jesus died on the cross, guys, that was a loss for people, especially because they didn't quite understand that he was coming back. It was an incredible loss to see their friend, their rabbi, their teacher, their Messiah. For Mary, that was her son. For his brothers, that was their family hanging on a cross. For the disciples to know that Jesus was dead and in a tomb, they were not expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. That was not on their comprehension. So for them, they lost what was supposed to be the hope of the world. But three days later, come on, when they came, when a woman came to that tomb looking for what did you do with Jesus? Just tell me where he is so I can, I can be there. I can take care of him. I can minister in his death. Where is he? And Jesus said, here am I, woman. Here am I. And he was raised to life. Friends, wherever, that's the, the hope in Christianity. That's the hope of Jesus is that wherever there is death, there's always a possibility for life. And so in our losses, yes, things die, but new things come to life and they do not replace what is gone, but they add to your life with new seasons, new opportunities, new relationships. And hear me, those don't feel like burdens when you have walked through healing, they feel like blessings. They feel like blessings. What do you mean by allowing the old? Well, listen to this, out of my deep loss, this is what we can gain. Greater revelation of God. We can see God in greater light of who he is. Maybe you didn't know God is comforter until you lost. Maybe you didn't know God as provider. Maybe you didn't know God where Psalm 146 says, those who are bent over with burdens, he will uplift. Maybe you didn't know that God until you experienced loss. Out of my deep loss, I've gained greater compassion and empathy. Some of you guys are so much kinder, softer, because you've experienced loss. We've gained greater understanding of myself. Through loss, we understand that we have limits, right? Right. right? Through loss, we've understand that we're not superheroes walking around here. We bleed, we cry, we bruise, we wound. But the goal is, is that if we lean into the grieving process, we are not going to just stitch up infected wounds. We're going to let that wound heal. We're going to clean it out. I'm not just going to slap a band-aid on it and hope that life gets better. No, I'm going to allow God to do what God does best. I have greater authenticity in Christ. You know, this whole time we've been talking about who's our true self? What's this fault? I'm putting on the true self and I'm putting off the false self. Remember, wax on, wax off. Loss will show you who you are. It shows us, what really matters to us, and what doesn't really matter to us, gives us a greater appreciation for Christ and a greater about the authenticity in Christ. It's awesome. We appreciate things more. And hear me, God doesn't take away things just so you appreciate those things more. I think a lot of times we want to we want to come to an understanding that Lord, you. You took my spouse or so you could do something about, no, 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 God uses the hardships to heal you, to stretch you, okay? Let's go. Next. Oh, there's a lot of those. Go ahead and keep going through. It's just a double, it was wrong, okay. How do I know I haven't grieved? How do I know? How do I know that I haven't grieved? Because it hurts and it's heavy. Heavy. I'm like, I can't even do it. I can't do it. Hey, you know what? Come on up. Let's see. We'll do it together. We'll see. Can we get it to the floor? To the floor. Holy smokes, Batman! Ah! Now was that light? No, that was heavy. Right? That was heavy. Let's just leave it right there. You'll know that you are grieving because it still hurts and it's heavy. It's painful. There's a difference between mourning, where I've already grieved a loss, and every once in a while, I get sad. This song, Wait on You, that's the song that I was listening to on my way to the meeting, where I would end up losing the little boy that we were adopting. So when I hear this song, it stirs up emotions in me, not painful emotions, but a little bit of sadness, because I remember I remember the loss, but my God has healed the pain. It no longer takes my breath away. It no longer makes me feel like my knees are gonna buckle up underneath me, but there was a time that I felt all those things. I remember I was in Utah at a leadership conference, and I've shared part of this story before, but I remember I was actually sitting right where Faith was sitting. And I was in a room with some of the finest leaders in our region, and they're talking about how God is going to change some wonderful things and that this is a brave new world, and man, we're going to lead well, and that all of us are still walking in our callings, but we have grieved, and we're sad about the things that have been lost over the last couple years, but man, God is going to do great things. Are you excited, leaders, for God to do great things? I'm like, I am not excited for anything. I felt like I was the only one in the room who was not receiving what everybody else was receiving because I was grieving and I remember there was this point in the in the message in the time of the leadership that someone randomly got up and had a microphone and they said I believe God wants to do something in this room and there were 200 people in this room and what this person said is that if you are feeling like you can no longer endure I want you to come to the front and I'm like, huh, <laughs> I knew that was me. I could not endure anymore, I didn't want to endure. I was having a hard time getting out of bed. I, I, I did not want to endure, I couldn't. And so I had a choice to make. Was I going to be in the finest room of leaders and act like everything was okay? Or was I going to get my broken butt up and go to what I needed to do, which is respond that I can't endure anymore? Well, myself, And three other very brave people, (laughs) four people out of a room of 200 made their way up to the front. But you know what's crazy is sitting here, you're concerned about what everybody else is doing. When you're up here, you don't give a rip. When you're up here, it's literally my back is turned to you and it is just me pouring out my soul before my savior. It's not that I don't care about any of you, I love you. I wanna be good for you, I wanna be healthy for you. But right now, I cannot endure the way the things are going, doing the same things that I'm doing. I will not survive. And so instead of trying to just make it another day, instead of just trying to be a great leader and pastor to my staff members, I said, I want to be a healthy Lindsay. And I got up and I went forward. And I could tell you what happened that day. I didn't lift up my heavy soul, because I can't lift this. You can't lift this. Because if we've been piling up and piling up, it's too heavy. But what we can do is dump it out. What we can do is get into a place where I am before God, even if it's a room full of 100 people, and I could say, here are all my losses, here are all my heavy burdens, Lord, what are you gonna do about it? Will you meet me here? Will you work something in my life? Because it hurts and it's heavy. See, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary. He didn't say, come to me, all of you who are feeling really great today. who you walked in and you got your coffee and you didn't even need it because you're just so encouraged in this season. And hear me, that is wonderful. That is wonderful but life has seasons of wonderful and it also has seasons of hardship. And at Avenue Church, I don't have a mask on. At Avenue Church, I'm not asking you to put your best Sunday attire on. I'm asking you to be truly, authentically you and have an opportunity that if God is here with us, then I can be undone in the safe and wonderful presence of my Lord and Savior, Jesus. So Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. He's saying, empty those things out before me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. That's the difference between just healing you and removing it right away. Yeah. Let me teach you. Let me teach you how to do, deal with things as small as this so you can deal with things like this. Let me teach you so you can teach your daughters. Let me teach you so when you're in a rooted group, you can teach others. Let me teach you so that when a friend calls you, you've been there and you can tell them, don't run away from this, don't get numb, don't escape, don't get distracted. I know this is heavy and I know it's uncomfortable, but oh, if I could just teach you. You can be healed and you can be strong and you will have more in your life instead of less God says let me teach you because I am humble Jesus is humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls some souls in this room need some rest for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light so would you stand with me now please Here's what I wanna ask to do. If we can even bring the lights down a little bit lower, I know they've been a little demonic today. (laughs) We can bring those a little bit lower. There's gonna, you know what's happening at Avenue. We've got great things happening. You, you You know what's happening. But if you are here today, first and foremost, the most important thing is, is Jesus our Lord and Savior? Do I have that open relationship where he can say to me, Take my yoke upon you because it's easy. Let me give you this burden in exchange for yours because mine is light. Do we have that relationship with him where we can say, I wanna meet with you and you wanna meet with me? Do you know that the book of Romans tells us that all we have to do is believe in our heart, that Jesus, that he gave his life for us, that God raised him from the dead and confess with our mouth those things and we will be saved. So believe in my heart that, that salvation is a free gift. Confess with my mouth that he is Lord of my life. God, forgive me of my sins, I fall short, but that's why you are here, because he's good. So with every eye closed, with every head bowed, if there's anyone in this room who does not have a relationship with Christ, where you believed in your heart that he is Lord and you've confessed with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, Jesus, if that is you and you're saying, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life, Will you raise your hand i'd love to pray with you god yes i see your name yes it's awesome it's awesome will you all pray with me because we pray as a family say dear jesus thank you for dying on the cross thank you for giving your life for me today i for- ask you to forgive me of my sins be lord of my life let today be the beginning of a new relationship with you let me know today that you call me your child. Come on, that I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, there's one last thing that I want you to do. One last thing. If you are in this room and you say, before you dump those out, Lindsay, this is my life. My soul is heavy and it's weighed down, and I I need to dump it out. We are going to invite you up front in this place. And I know that that's a brave request. I know that that may be a difficult choice to say, ooh, am I more comfortable with my stones? Or am I more comfortable coming up front and dumping them out? And so what I'm gonna do too, because I love you and I wanna create atmospheres, is we have tissues up here. The worship team is going to lead you but if that is you and you want a moment just you and jesus we are going to create that moment for you if if that is not you then we're giving a formal dismissal now that we love you avenue church you are awesome there's wonderful things happening we cannot wait to see you but you are formally dismissed but if you would like to come or even stay in your chair or have a pouring out I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to enter into that for about the next 15 minutes. Is that okay, church? Right? I'm comfortable with the uncomfortable. All right, Jesus, I thank you so much for what you're doing. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us. Despite the distractions, despite, God, the frustrations, I I just thank you, God, that we can move past that. God, we're at a place that we are so desperate for you, that the lights don't matter, that, that, that nothing matters in this room except for I am carrying heavy burdens. And I'm asking you, Lord, to help me pour it out, to pour it out in your presence, to be with you, Jesus. And so if that is you, I want you to make your way to the front. And you can get comfortable, you can spread out, you can sit, you can do whatever. But if you need that time with God, I believe Jesus is going to meet with us. Amen, amen, and amen.